Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody and welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend Brand. Brand, it's draft week. It's not just draft week, Scott. It no. is Scott Uary. It's in full swing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as we've mentioned before, uh, there are a couple few rest stops for me to, you know, stretch my legs a little bit. But it is Scott Uary <laughs> yeah. until further notice. And this is the first draft of Scott Uary. Oh, man. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Descendants are, are the band we're drafting this week. And they happen to be my favorite band basically of all time uh them as well as their offshoot band their counterpart time band all their draft will be coming up next month but th- those two logos are the only tattoos i have on my body because i just love them so much that and the r kelly ignition um single <laughs> cover that's the other thing you have tattooed. No, no no it's the it's the trapped in the closet Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God yeah. damn, those were a good time. We don't need to talk about R. Kelly right off the bat. Let's no, we on. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're here to draft uh, the Descendants. We were we contemplated doing a Descendants universe draft the way we did our Blink One Eighty Two draft, but I couldn't let any of either band's records not get drafted just because I love the entire discography. There's a lot of the word we getting thrown around here, and I'm just along for the ride here. You t- you've <laughs> taken the wheel. You have taken the wheel. And, yeah. like, first of all, the all Descendants draft was your idea. And then yes. didn't even know there was an argument. And then you were just like, hey, we're doing two, two different ones. Oh, all right. Sure. Like, yeah. I'm just in the passenger seat looking no, out at the It's an internal argument. It was in yeah. my head. I was like, oh, we can make a universe draft work. I mean, there's, you know, we'll leave a couple records off the board. And then, yeah, there's a few, like, other projects in the Descendants universe. But then I'd have to leave off a Descendants record. And then I'd have to leave off an all record to fit this other one in. And I don't want to do that because I love this song off of this record. And so, yeah, no, it was all in my head. And I decided to hush all the voices and be like, eh, we're just going to do two separate drafts. 
yeah, I'm easy to get along with. You know, I'm just along <laughs> for the ride. It's whatever. I'm good to go. Yeah. I also didn't realize until we announced it that you hadn't actually listened to a full Descendants record. No, I've definitely heard songs, but I, I, especially now after listening to their discography, I've never listened to a full one. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of bummed about it because we could have drugged this out like the Acacia Strain. I mean, there may have been a time where I did listen to one or there was one playing. And you know what I mean? Sure. Th- yeah. There was a time where the the sound of some of these records was all I was listening to. So, oh, yeah, like there's definitely a chance that I could have. But at least not like consciously. Oh, this is a Descendants record. Let's put this on. I- I've never right. heard that. Yeah. Whereas me, this is all I was listening to for years intentionally. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of comps. Um, a lot, I've heard oh, yeah. a lot of Descendants tracks. Well, we'll get into that. I thought I heard more than I did. It felt like I knew a lot oh. more Descendants tracks, but there may be other bands that started with D and ended in S that I would just assume. Because <laughs> if we're being yeah. honest, like right. the Descendants pop up on a lot of those uh, epitaph comps, the the Punkaramas, and. Mm-hmm. Epitaphs knew how to put compilations together where a lot of the songs fit well together and sound the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those comps, <laughs> they were big for me, too. And I, I loved those things. But, yeah, their their sound, every song was... The only difference you got was the singer. The singer's voice was a little bit different here and there. I think we need to draft the Punkaramas at some point down the road. Oh, man. I, I think it needs to happen. I think I stopped listening at 9 but I think I stopped I, at like six. The one with the the like the planet fetus on it, like the planetary fetus. That's the six. I remember one. that one. Okay, that that's the last one I remember and like loved, loved. But I think I listened through nine. I might have even listened to ten. But I'd have to go and lo- look at the covers because that's the only way I know one from the other. I'm pretty sure that like it gets a little more varied. The more they go, like the if I recall, on. like Motion City soundtrack pops up on one of them yeah. at some point. Well, if you go and look at Epitaph's artist list now, yeah, man, there's so many different things that I'm like, I used to go and look specifically at the record store for Epitaph bands, like the mm-hmm. label on the back, and that was that would help me determine what I'm picking up. But I couldn't do that now, like not only because. They're not in record stores, but because it's so it's such a wild variety that they have now. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned the art on the Punkaramas, I'm trying to go through them in my head. And I th- I think I can I could pull the first si- the first six. I think I could. I know the first one was green and orange and just had like the Punkarama logo. Just the Punkarama like, on front. Yeah. Kind of speakers. Two is the one that's giving me trouble because I know three is the freak show one. I was just going to say, I remember the freak show one. Three is the freak show. Is two? Mm, let me skip two for now. Four. No, oh, I guess I can't. Five no. is white. <laughs> five is white and black. Just white and black, and it's kind of like all. It's kind of like a bunch of different pictures. And six is the fetus one. I don't know why I can't remember. Four. Oh, four is, is the kid with the broken nose. Okay. It's the, like the or that's two. <laughs> that's possibility is two. Also, say, isn't there one four. that was like a Planet of the Apes type thing? Oh, that might be two. Where it was a monkey with. The- yeah, that might to be too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's for the Punkorama draft. We'll worry about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get this, there. This is the Descendants draft. That's right. So before we uh, get into our picks and everything, I have a bunch of notes. I'm going to go over them uh, so you can get a little bit of background on my favorite band. Absolutely. 
All right, here we go. Uh, Descendants are an American punk rock band that formed in 1977 in Manhattan Beach, California, by guitarist Frank Nevetta, bassist Tony Lombardo, and drummer Bill Stevenson as a power pop slash surf punk band. I had to go look up. I didn't know when they formed or the years of their records. Mm -hmm. And as you know, uh, where we both listen to music, Amazon Music, when I download, when, when you download them, you can see them when the, like when you hit download, but after that, yeah. you don't see them. So I already had them all downloaded. So I didn't know when they were from. Oh, right. I had to go look back and check because there were some sounds early in their discography where I was yeah. like, hold on a second. I need to look into this. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no, this, this all checks out. But th- yeah, I wasn't yeah. I didn't know when those those first couple records came out. I didn't know the years on them. Yeah, they were early. Like, it's wild how how much of a longevity the band has don't get me wrong they had a bunch of breaks in the middle and yeah but i mean like if you think about it the instrumentation of the band has stayed steady working between descendants all there's some Mm -hmm. other bands that they've been part of parts of for the majority of i don't know fucking 50 years almost (laughs) yeah that is a long time (laughs) yeah it's crazy in 79, the band enlisted Bill Stevenson's school friend Milo Ackerman as a singer and reappeared as a melodic hardcore punk band. As, as far as 70s, early 80s hardcore punk is concerned. Yeah. We, can, we can't equate it to Earth Crisis and, and H2O even, as far as... Yeah. 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 You can't equate it to that. But Bill is a, a drumming just god. Uh, he drummed for Black Flag too. I knew his name, but I didn't know if I knew his name from Descendants fame or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming oh, dude, he's, he's probably produced something. Yes, he's he's a big yeah. He's so I don't know if Bill himself owns it or if the Descendants own it or if it's a subsidiary or whatever. But they own the Blasting Room, which is a recording studio. I might cover okay. it in the notes i'm not sure but um bill produces tons of stuff okay like, um off the top of my head i know he produced uh some stuff for rise against he produced slash was part of my record of the week um we'll get into and like he's just he's yeah he does a lot of production work okay and yeah i i knew i knew his name but i i didn't know what it was from and i just assumed i've I've probably just seen his name on a bunch of different shit probably yeah uh after releasing their first recordings titled the fat ep and recording their first lp milo decided he wanted to leave the band to continue his studies i have a quote uh when i decided to go to university the guys in the band were pretty hip on it because they knew how big of a nerd i was like what else would you expect him to do but go off and be a geek I mean, I got a PhD in biochemistry. How uncool is that? That's from Milo. My biggest problem with that is we live in the United States of America. Yeah. (laughs) We don't call it university here. (laughs) We call it college. And then so it it felt just a bit pretentious calling it university. I love it. I love the idea of calling it university. I love like going to hospital. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> right. i'm ready to call elevators lifts and trunks oh boots. i love it i don't give yep. a shit but i'm for it in that in that little quote it sounded as if you know well when i was going to university 
He's up. He's up, Milo. Uh, Milo's cool, even though he's uncool. But I, <laughs> I, I've I've listened to slash read so many interviews with Milo and Bill, and not so much Tony or Frank. But uh, <laughs> fuck him. Well, no, they just don't <laughs> talk that much. Tony does. Tony Tony got to talking quite a bit. Frank is really a special kind of guy. Okay. Uh, actually, he might be. I think he passed away in like 2008 or something. Um, but he was. Like he was really information. Nice. It feels like information you should have. <laughs> I, it, it, I do have it. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm more like when I started listening to Descendants, it was more uh, the Stefan and Carl era uh, that would you know be be part of Descendants and go on to do all. Um, okay. Uh, I'm more in tune with with them as far as band members go, but that's just me personally. Uh, anyway, the band continued performing for a time with Ray Cooper on vocals, who would switch to rhythm guitar when Ackerman made return visits to L.A. At the same time, Stevenson had also joined Black Flag, intending to be in both bands at once, but soon finding it too difficult due to Black Flag's touring and recording schedule. Do you know which Black Flag he was a part of? Like, is it the Henry Rollins Black Flag? Yeah. That's fucking yeah. sick. That's yeah. sick. The best Black yeah. Flag. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Like, I, it's a wild study, it's, man. It's really weird in my head to think that Bill was part of that Black Flag, yeah. you know, and Descendants. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so... I mean, technically, they both wanted to be considered hardcore, punk rock, whatever, quote unquote. But one is much more hardcore than the other, in my opinion. <laughs> Although even going back, like, as you said, you can't compare it because even Black Flag back then compared to hardcore today, it's not. Oh, yeah, it's it's not. But when you compare Black Flag to Descendants. Yeah, there's a there's a difference there. there. There's a big energy difference. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but that that could be attributed to henry rollins versus milo like that very, is a very true those are those are two different dudes yeah 100 percent. very different energies on the mic with ackerman in college and stevenson in black flag the descendants went on hiatus from 83 to 85 uh during this time Nevada burned all of his equipment and moved to oregon while Cooper and Lombardo performed as the Ascendants. Okay. So when I said Frank was special, yeah, he just yeah. burnt his shit and left. Yeah, that seems crazy. That's a wild yeah. move. Yeah. That's like out of a, a 1990s movie. It's Yeah, right? It feels like <laughs> it. And uh, the other thing about Tony, Tony's like much older than everybody else. Okay. Like when they started the band in 77... Like, uh, Bill and Frank were like high schoolers, like 17, 18, 19 ish around there. And I think Tony was like in his thirties. Yeah. Tony had kids. He was, he was, he was, he's, he's already been investing and he's ready. He was like working for the post office. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. And, uh, I think he was living down the street from Bill. Either Bill heard him playing bass in the garage or Tony heard Bill playing drums in the garage or something. And they okay. just got together. It was, it's crazy. I'm basing this all off of my memory of the, the movie. Uh, they have okay. a documentary called filmage. Uh, oh, all right. 
it's fa- it's a fantastic movie if you ever get the chance to see it. Um, but it goes, it tells the whole story of the band. It's fantastic. In 1985, Stevenson left Black Flag, and he, Ackerman, Cooper, and Lombardo reconvened as the Descendants. Tony would later be unable to tour with the band due to his job with the United States Postal Service and was replaced by Doug Carrion. Following their 86 tour, both Carrion and Cooper left the band and were replaced by Carl Alvarez and Stefan Egerton from the Utah band The Massacre Guys. So this is where, uh, this is the lineup that I see the Descendants as. Okay. This lineup stays true throughout the entirety of the band's career from then on. Uh, There are a few stretches every couple years where Milo leaves the band to pursue his career opportunities in biochemistry. We'll cover all those times that Milo is either back in college or doing biochemistry work next month when we do our all draft. Um, Although just at a brief glance, it looks like all's career was essentially it's it's not it doesn't close to cover descendants, but it's very contained. Like, like all their albums are kind of like boom, 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 boom. Most yeah, it's, it's because Milo went back mm-hmm. to school for a bit and then came back and did some more Descendants work and then was like, oh, you know what? I got this opportunity with DuPont to, to do some uh, biochemistry work. Uh, go ahead and do all again. And then they put out another couple records and yeah. But it's, I just mean like in comparison, the Descendants have like fairly long lapses at, in, at different times between records, whereas oh, right. most yeah. of alls are like just bang, 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 maybe a year, bang, bang, maybe a year. Like they're yeah. all kind of close together. And Descendants, yeah. th- there's some pretty lengthy time between records in this discography. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there sure are. The Descendants have been cited as hugely influential to a large number of modern-day punk bands such as Blink-182, MXPX, NoFX, Green Day, Pennywise, Propagandi, Rise Against, The All-American Rejects, The Bouncing Souls, The Offspring, and The Ataris. And The Acacia Strain. Is that right? Vincent absolutely adores The Descendants. He said it's his favorite band many times. Really? Yeah. That's that's awesome. Me and Vincent are buddies now. (laughs) We're, We're good, good friends. Yeah, you guys are hanging out. Friend of the show, Vincent. Yeah, yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> We're going to hang out and get Descendants tattoos. I'm sure he probably already has one. He's covered. He might. I'm pretty sure yeah. he already has one. You already have one, so you, you're already ahead I of the do. game. I do. I wouldn't mind getting another one. I'll get another Just one. Just full, full Milo back piece? I, get, I could cover my entire <laughs> left leg in Descendants tattoos. That Covers, would be pretty sweet. Like, like album art? Yeah, I'd do it. Right now, I have what'll be my first pick but yeah okay uh so i guess we'll get into it now we did okay. rock paper scissors before the show i i lost you did yeah it's funny because i had a dream about it and it came true wild through paper and that was right wild you're dreaming about us playing rock paper scissors i think you need a new hobby it's a it, this one is a big deal to me <laughs> <laughs> I there's only one that you take that will fuck up my my draft. There's only one. Only one that I could take. Okay. I have a a guess as to what one that will be. We'll get there, but but we'll get there. Yeah. No, worry about my pick right now, Scott. Let's worry about your no. pick. The first pick in Scott Uary's first annual draft. The yeah. <laughs> Descendants draft. What do you got, Scott, for your first pick? Uh easy 
easy enough for me. It's the first record of the sentence I ever picked up. Uh, part of my holy trinity of punk rock. That's going to be everything sucks. That's the fucking <clears throat> one. God damn it. Was it really? Yeah. That's not That's not what I thought would be the, the one for you. Yeah. No, that's that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So please talk, talk about it before I do. Talk, talk about okay. it before I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, this, this one I picked up at Harmony House when I was like 12 or 13, along with Bad Religion Suffer and MXPX's Life in General, just picked it up based off the cover. I think there was a hype sticker that said something about this is the first new Descendants record in seven years or something like that. Um, so it got me pumped about it. And the second I went home and pressed play on it, I fell in love. We start the record off with Everything Sucks. Got up this morning to make some coffee. Everything sucks today. Then they just go on to sing about how bad shit is on an everyday basis. Uh, love it. Follow that up with I'm the one, which at the time I was in high school, you know, going through high school girl issues, seeing these girls that I liked who were in love with asshole guys and me being like, I'm the one. I've been here for you all along. Then I wasn't a coffee drinker at the time, but Coffee Mug is like one of the fastest songs I had heard ever in my life. Mug, mug, mug. Yeah, great stuff. Rotting out is fun. Sick of me. Like, I, I can mentally go through this record and sing every song in my head without having to play a note at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, I love this thing front to back. It's a perfect record for me. Even Eunuch Boy, which is a wild, wild song. Um, but then you, the, the best thing about this record, in my opinion, is the closing track, Thank You. I just love it because it's like they're thanking a band for playing the way they play when I just want to thank them for playing the way they play. I absolutely love it. Uh, and then I, I really do like the instrumental at the end like a hidden track instrumental i don't know dude this fucking record some of these songs were put on emily anniversary cds mix cds yeah. uh we and i won't let me yeah dude it's just so so good when i get old is so good coffee mug is the first descendant song i've ever heard was it on a was it on a comp it opens punkorama 2 it's the oh, very it first really? track it's the very first track. So that mug, mug, mug. It's the very yeah. first fucking track of Punkorama 2. By the way, I looked Punkorama 2 cover is the Epitaph Alien. Like the, the alien with the E for the oh, face. the face. Like, like pissing on the wall. Yeah, I got it. So, and I also believe that's the first Punkorama I ever heard. Because I didn't, I didn't oh, have wow, one. Okay. I didn't have one first. So I went back and got one after the fact. I had two, two through six, and then I had to go back and get one. Gotcha. But, so not only is it the first Punkorama track I heard, it's the first Descendants track I heard. And uh, liquid proof that I can win this race. I fucking love that yeah. track so much. It's so good. The sweeping nostalgia that I felt hearing that track on this record was, it made me like, oh, wow, this is how Scott feels to every one of these records. Like every Good single 100%. one of these records. That yeah. This is the feeling that Scott has, and that's amazing. And, and for some reason, the nostalgia sticks to that to, to that track and i assume to the rest of the sentence more than it would for other things like i've heard other uh, tracks off of punkorama 2 and the nostalgia did not stick to it as much as it did coffee mug don't oh, know what that's like about. different bands you mean yes yeah i gotcha 
this is exactly what the record surrounding coffee mug I expected to sound like. Like it's a great <laughs> record. It's it's yeah. a great record. It's not as fast and as crazy as coffee mug is, no. but it's kind of what I expect. I you can't have a whole record of that or it's gonna be unlistenable. Yeah, you couldn't <laughs> do it. It's great. This is my favorite record of their discography. I love this record. I think it's great. I'm with you. It's it's up there. It is. I can't say it's perfect because I don't have the nostalgia attached to every right. song like you do to make it perfect. But it's their best record, in my opinion. I love it. And I'm kind of pissed off that I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's but- the one I needed. This is it's the one I needed, like for being my introduction to the band. And I listen to this. I listen to the record so much that I just I absolutely love it. I love it so much. I And I there's no and it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> well, I guess I might as well just like throw wrenches in this then. Um, and that <laughs> oh, doesn't no. mean that doesn't mean like I'm picking like a non descendants record. That just means I'm probably picking one that you didn't anticipate me picking. Okay. Uh, when we get to the one that you thought was going to be the one that I was going to pick, I want to hear what one that is. I'll let you know. It'll be sooner rather than later. Oh, because you're going to take it. If I don't, I get it. Yeah. Um, My first pick. Yeah. My first pick is a one of their records that there is a long gap in between a record and the next record. Okay. Uh, and this is one that came, that came out after they had a long gap. I'm going to mm-hmm. take hypercafium spasinate. That's a good one. Yep. I think that this one is super interesting because we're talking about like their lapses in it. Every time they come back, you can kind of hear in their sound the way that the music around them has changed while they weren't making records. Mm-hmm. Yet they still maintain themselves quite a bit. Like they're still the descendants, but you can hear them adding in certain things and doing things maybe a certain way that they wouldn't have done either before they left or yeah. or if they were continually just putting out music. So like they it feels like they actually sat down and were like, what's music sounding like today? Like what are we listening to? What's it sounding like? And then they went on and made their records. I think this is the first one where it kind of feels like they're adapting to their ages rather yeah. than the times. Yeah. Like this is they're not Yeah, they're not making yeah. and we'll get to this on another record. They're not making poop jokes in their in, in their genres they are making their genre their own of the age it's kind of and weird connection here it's kind of how Andre 3000 says that why would people want to hear a 40 year old you know rap about 40 year old shit this right, is them yeah. putting out a punk record of 40 year old punks like that's just what yeah. they're doing and yeah. i think it's an excellent record there's a, a term that I've been developing while listening to their discography this week, and it is easy listening punk because every time <laughs> yeah, every time I'm listening to them, if I'm not like trying to focus, it's just so pleasant that it just breezes by. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah this is this is excellent. It's easy listening punk like you, this is if there was an all punk TV channel, these would be the commercials. <laughs> like they, like they are what's they are what is selling the music they are what is selling they are what's most appealing it is easy listening yeah. punk and on this one easy listening punk strikes again it's a super fun record i could see the longtime fans liking it did you like this when it came yeah, out i did yeah i really did okay and i uh i actually went to go this is so even though 
Descendants are my favorite band. I've only seen them live once. Which is weird. I, yeah, I know. Uh, this record is the tour that I went to go see. Okay. So I saw you them in have, 2017. So you have nostalgia connected to that, to this record for that yeah. also. Yeah, and all, some of these songs really played well live. Like Spineless and Scarlet Red, mm. awesome. Uh, Without Love, fantastic. Uh, that was... The one, the ones I'm talking about right now are were the ones they played live, and I think "Victim of Me" they played live. Could be on paper as well, but man, this record, uh, I feel really strongly about "Limiter." That that one hits really, really close to home. Um, I love "Unchanged." I love "Days of Desperation." Uh, "Comeback Kid," I think, is a song. I think Milo wrote it talking about bill after he had his brain surgery like bill had a tumor taken out of his brain that was like the size of a tennis ball why do all drummers named bill have brain issues (laughs) i don't know bill barry had an aneurysm (laughs) yeah bill had a had a big old tumor in his brain that had to be removed and i think in the uh in the movie Milo said something about Bill being the comeback kid, and I think... I'm concerned about drummers named Bill now. Now we need to be concerned about all drummers named Bill. Yeah, like if we find, if we see a band and we see their drummers named Bill, we gotta like send some feelers out and get them a doctor or something. But yeah, I uh, this record is fantastic. I, I really love it. Yeah, it feels like a return to form after one of their hiatuses, and then yep. it's not just a return to form, but it's more of an, a, an evolved, mature form that they return to and I I, yeah. I I appreciate a lot I liked it I like this record a lot yeah it's definitely it's definitely them like realizing their age yes which is hard to do in life and then even harder to do as a musician and an artist especially one who's made their career based off of fart jokes mostly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so Scott yeah. what's your second pick you did throw a wrench in things Mm-hmm. And now I don't know where to go. Like my heart tells me one thing and my head tells me take this one because I don't think you're going to take the other one. I'm going to tell you. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. Because you yeah. have too much invested in this. I'm not helping you at all. <laughs> I do. I do have a lot invested. I'll stick with my list. I wrote the list. Although you fucked it up. <laughs> okay. No, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Milo goes to college. It's my second pick. Okay. Okay. Their debut LP, there admittedly is some questionable lyrics, uh, especially in Loser. The song it came Loser. out in the fucking 80s. It, it came out in 82. The song itself was written in 79. Yeah, it came out in early 80s. When they, like, later on in their career, they tried to change the lyrics. They saw that the crowd was singing the original lyrics, so they just cut it. They don't play it live anymore. Okay. So they they know it's not PC anymore, but mm-hmm. it is a great song. I actually I love it. Um, I love my age being the opener. Uh, I want to be a bear is great. I mean, hope is a classic. Kabuki girl is fantastic. M16 is the first song that Milo wrote for the band. Parents is such a teenage, like teenager song. Going back 
through and listening to the entire discography this this week, it rekindled my love for this record. Okay. I I mean I never lost it because mm-hmm. I I love all these records, but it just made me like I can't believe this came out the year I was born. Yeah. The year the year was a lot for me because I started listening to it and almost I mean maybe two or three tracks in, I was like, I gotta see when this came out. Because there was a <laughs> completely different completely different vibe on it. And then I looked yeah. at it, I was like, oh, okay. And then at that point, I was like the year, everything, and it, it it all made sense. It sounded exactly as I was expecting it to sound after knowing the year. And then yeah. I also think I may have listened to this one. Like there may have been a time where I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through their discography, and maybe I listen to this one, and then okay. don't remember any other ones because right. there's a lot of these tracks I remembered. Okay. Well, no, wrong. A lot of these tracks kind of felt like they were tickling something that I remembered. I can't say I actually remembered any of them. Sure, but right. Suburban Home may be a standout to me if my hand was forced. Like if I had to, uh, if you if you forced my hand to pick a a track off, it would be that one. The guy who uh, uh, speaking voice in the beginning that said, "I want to be stereotype. I want to be classified." That's mm-hmm. Tony, the bassist. Okay. And I don't have a connection to this record, and then I also don't have much of a connection to this wave, this sound of punk. Like this isn't my yeah. punk. I get yeah, that right. the Descendants still have their own sound later, but it's different than what this is. This is early '80s, where yeah. I didn't did not give a shit. I like I was listening with other record that <laughs> I was listening to, like what the Descendants turned into after. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming a hiatus, and they came back, and then that wave, yeah. and then when I was like, oh, I need to listen to more, you know, older punk, I went back to. The, the 70s 70s punk and listen to some of that oh shit. yeah the, yeah the so Ramon i like never sex yeah, stuff. yeah i never like was like you know what i need to check out this 80s punk that's 80s what punk. i need to check out yeah uh, but it, none of those songs are even close to bad like they're all yeah. good songs uh, i i would say this isn't quite their easy listening stuff <laughs> but no, this, i mean it, it's a good album the 80s hardcore punk if you will, uh, I love a hardcore punk song about fishing. So Catalina is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I bikeage. I think I covered bikeage once. Just good. Like I don't know. I love. I love all these records. <laughs> I love this one in particular. It's fantastic. It really is great. But that's my that's my second pick for my second pick. And now you'll have to yeah. tell me if this is the one that you thought I was going to take initially. Probably. I am going to take all. Whoa! Really? I yeah. That was all, that was not it. All has all stunned me, especially it's after so I looked, good. after I looked at when it came out. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. All came out in nineteen eighty seven. Uh, that's why I was surprised. Yeah. Sonically and vocally, this album is all over the map. There's all kinds of different shit going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some of it hits me right, and some doesn't hit me right, but man, do I appreciate all of it. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. I appreciate the shit out of this record. There's some some slower and like more vibey tracks on here, which I can really get behind, and it helps me break up some of the the faster stuff. Mm hmm. The change from the last album to this one makes me really aware of the balls it took to put this record out. Like, this right. sounds so yeah. different. Yeah. And then to think that this came out in 1987, the balls on that. 
the balls to even put schizophrenia on a record is insane. How wild, right? Yeah. That's an yeah. insane choice to be like, well, well, we've been doing these like two minute knockers. Let's put this fucking nine minute on this record. Yeah, like, it's insane. <laughs> the yeah. balls it takes for that is crazy. I respect this record probably more than mm-hmm. I like it, but I like this record quite a bit and I appreciate yeah. this record a lot. Um, it's it's crazy the the balls it took for to put this record out. Yeah, uh, a standout track for me, Clean Sheets, is such a good track. I really love Jealous of the World, too. And then, of course, there's the Ologistics, just good, good stuff. Uh, Van is just a, a classic Descendant song. Yeah, it's it's super good. Super good. So I, so far, have thrown two wrenches into your list. Yeah, you, you're going <laughs> way different than what I thought. <laughs> um and that's that's awesome i'm so glad because like that means you got something different than what i thought you were going to get out of yeah. the discography i'm so stoked i just <laughs> like wanted everything uh, sucks bad too man did i want yeah, to record bad yeah yeah uh but that that's so awesome that's so cool all is probably there if i had to sit back and be like hey what do i think is there maybe not the record i like the most but mm. their best record as it as a group like creatively i think all is their most creative and best record yeah that's fantastic moving on to your third pick okay i'm gonna go with the one that i thought you would have picked first i'm going with cool to be you okay this was the first new record from the descendants that i ever got into even though it was i don't know from 96 to 2004, so eight years after <laughs> yes. after Everything Sucks came out. I love this record. This is the one and only record to come out on Fat Records from Descendants. I think it's fantastic. They really did something for me with American. I love that song. The amount of bad religion I hear in that song is insane. <laughs> Like I, when I had this on shuffle and American popped up, I thought a bad religion song snuck into my fucking playlist. It was crazy. It yeah. feels like bad religion, and I, I hear some bad religion in in the rest of this record, but that mm. one, that one was like, what the fuck is going on here? One more day is a big one. That's uh, a song I believe from Bill to his dad, who was who passed away. I, I love that one. I love Anchor Grill a lot. Dry Spell is fantastic. Uh, love me a good old fart and poop joke with Blast Off. Nothing With You is great. Cool To Be You is a good one for someone who feels like an outsider with from everybody. I love this. I love this record. I, I, I'm going to say it about every single record, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I love this record. I think it's fantastic. And it's definitely got uh, a no records feel. Fat records? Fat records? Shit, yeah. Fat records feel. <laughs> uh, it's got a fat records feel to it. And I know Fat Mike has said uh, before that Descendants are his favorite band. And he was super stoked to just have one record of the Descendants put on on his record label. Yeah, he was like, cool. it's, it's a dream come true. And That's really cool. Yeah. how I mean, how cool would that be? You know, that that's just awesome. I think there's a possibility that I didn't give this record a fair shake on oh, my no? first couple run throughs because okay. 
after everything sucks and getting coffee mug and hearing that sound. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was expecting just bangers on this. I was like, oh, here sure. we go. We're hitting it. Here we go. This yeah. is it. I'm about to hit it. And then it, it, it does what it does well, but it doesn't mm-hmm. give me what I was expecting. Uh, it's, it's a good record. I like it. It's, it's a very comfortable sound. I, it's yeah. that easy listening sound. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of it. But after not getting those bangers, I think I was like, oh, this I guess this record's not as good. But even their worst record is still pretty fucking good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I, I have I have no complaints on this at all. And again, hearing Bad Religion isn't a negative. That that was that's a yeah, good no. song. Uh, right. I, I, I like the record. It, it would have been my next pick, actually. Okay. I would have taken I would have taken this record next. Gotcha. But for my third pick. Yeah. Now I don't know where to go. Like we're now, getting down I'm, to the nitty gritty. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Now I'm at a point where I don't know where to go. I want to kind of be shitty, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> do that. I'm you not can be gonna shitty. Do, do it. I think it, nope. I, have, I have a feeling. No, because then your whole thing, and then we'll have to draft five. I'm not doing that. No, we don't. <laughs> I, I was drafting five anyway. They have live records. Uh, well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm know. not putting those out. Yeah. So go for um, it. No, I think I know what you're talking I'm, about. I don't I don't know if you do, but I'm going to take the record that would be way higher if not for a particular subject matter on a lot of it. Yeah. I'm taking enjoy. Um <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. I don't like that potty humor. I don't <laughs> I don't like I don't even like saying like F A R T. Like I don't even like saying the word. <laughs> And this starts off with like nothing but flatulent sounds, and it just so great. But the fact that it won me after those means how good this record is. Like without that, this record's fucking phenomenal. But like you get that they're doing some more melodic stuff on here, and I I like that. It's not just it's not just fast loud punk. It they are doing some melodic stuff mixed in. I got one in there for you now because you're a doom boy. (laughs) Yeah. Sour Grapes is a high point for me. I was a big fan I of Sour, sour grapes. grapes. Yeah, yeah. And then they double down on the flatulence humor, and that's a low point. So we go from a high point <laughs> to a low point. Uh, like I said, this album would be way higher if it wasn't for the potty humor. I get it. Like yeah. that was the the, the humor at that the was, time. Yeah. That was the punk style, like whatever. But yeah. man, it it did not help me with this record at all. <laughs> I should have known after seeing that album art. I should have been like, "Yeah, I know it's coming." But... Toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me you're getting that, you're getting a toilet paper roll tattooed on your body is what you're telling me. Let's do it. Let's do Insane. it. I would do it. Yeah. Insane. I just uh, if it wasn't for that, this album would be I probably mean, top two. Starting a record off with a bunch of fart jokes, and then following it up with a Beach Boys cover. It's a what move. a wild thing to do. It's a crazy move. Yeah. Um. Personally, Sour Grapes, Get the Time, Cheer, and 80s Girls, those songs are phenomenal. And then you throw in, I like, I'm usually, I'm not much of a fart joke, poop no, joke kind you're of guy. Big, you're, you're a big poop guy, Scott. You're a big poop guy. I'm really not. Like, I think we talked about it in our, in our Blink draft. Yeah, uh, you loved it. I didn't. But this one is just so ridiculous. And the fact that they're getting billed a fart on like it's on tape, like it's a physical tape recorder just makes me laugh. 
Like, I can't help it. Like, it's, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand. I need to, like, I should get over myself because, like, I, I understand no. most of the world finds it funny. And I yeah. think, I think the word poop itself is hilarious. Like, I think the <laughs> word itself is hilarious. Yeah. I, I and I, there, I don't know why I have a line of where I am okay with that, but yeah. I just, I just don't. I don't like it. I just don't like yeah. it. I get it. For me, I, like I said, I'm not usually that kind of a humor guy, but this record, yeah. I give it an easy pass, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. And I mean, you also heard it when you were how old? Yeah, 14, 15. Yeah, I heard it yeah. when I'm 33. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So that's my third pick, Scott. I right. had to take it, I guess. So, what's your fourth pick? I'd say final, but we know you're taking fucking six more records. Uh, I'm, yeah, I got one more at least. Uh, I'm going with uh, their second record. I don't want to grow up. I I love that we start off with. I w- I wish it would have been on a self titled record, but it's the self titled song. I love. I don't want to grow up. I think pervert is a cautionary tale. <laughs> sure sure (laughs) i'm going with it uh my world's great silly girl is that one super nostalgic for me i love that song so much um christmas vacation is uh, i i've half thought about picking it for our christmas drafts both times we've done it but it's not really a christmas song but it says christmas in the title yeah so I, I never picked it, but I half thought about it. And then uh, Good Good Things is an amazing track. And I love Ace as a closer. I retained, because when I do notes for these discography drafts, I listen through yeah. and I do notes and the notes evolve as I listen. Okay. For this one, I kept my first run through notes. I wanted you to hear where I was at on this oh, one. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, as, as I mentioned in Milo Goes to College... I don't have a connection to that sound. I don't have a connection yeah. to that record. So like yeah. nothing really grabbed me. Yeah. On I don't want to grow up again. Nothing is grabbing me and it's bumming me out twofold, like in two different oh, ways. No. Okay. One, because I fully expected to be eating this all up. Like I did the tracks that I know, like I knew yeah. coffee mug. I knew a couple other tracks. I was fully expecting sure. to eat those fucking tracks up. I was expecting just to be so invested. Mm-hmm. And I and then uh, with my first run through, I said, and I predict I will still love those songs when I hit them. But two, I know how much you love this and how much this means to you. <laughs> and much like for me, those few songs, I think the nostalgia is necessary for this. Record, okay, like it was yeah. the first one, like because and right. it, it, the Descendants are experts experts at that sticky nostalgia. Like it sticks with these tracks. So yeah. The way you love these records, I think that nostalgia is necessary. All I have in it is that it's good. Like, it's not a yeah, bad right. record at all. It's a good record. But yeah. I don't have any touchstone. I don't have... The sound doesn't do anything for me. The 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 album itself doesn't do anything for me. So all I have yeah. is that, okay, it's a, it's a good record. Yeah, I got that it. Was my, that was my first run throughs. And my notes didn't change much. Like, it didn't do... It's still sure. a good record. Yeah. I just don't... There, there's nothing for me to latch on to kind of for the long haul, I guess. Did did you listen to these chronologically or how did you yes. first listen yeah. to them? Okay. Yep. Straight so, through. I gotcha. Yeah. So without, yeah, without having listened to everything sucks 
before mm-hmm. yep. you're just going chronologically. Yeah, I could see where you could be bummed. Yeah, I, and I and I, like I said, twofold. One, because I thought I would be absolutely loving this and eating it up yeah. like I did those songs I love. And two, because I know how much this means to you. And I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't shit on this. I can't go in there and shit on this. <laughs> but like, there, but like th- that was the other thing. There wasn't anything to shit on because it's it's yeah, still good. It's, yeah, but it's just not your. It's it's not the time for you. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, not at all. I get it. And this this is where maybe some of our age difference can come into play too. Yeah. Because I, I mean, no, you listen to like the older seventies punk rock stuff. Did you like, did you genuinely like Ramones and sex pistols and that stuff? I don't know if this is a question I feel comfortable answering. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the hits. Okay. I hate the sex pistols. I think that, I think they're, criminally overrated i think they're terrible. i like the sex pistols for their attitude i yeah. thought that was interesting and i thought I they were the, annoying as fuck and their songs were terrible i like the ramones hits but album cuts you can have them yeah i'm good i don't need i like that first ramones, ramones record as a whole okay but as you get further on in ramones discography i think i kind of lose my touch with it a bit okay I don't think I really get down with that early 70s stuff either. I'd have to dive in more to see who else came out at that time. But yeah. for me... When were the Pogues out? The Pogues? Oh, man. I wasn't into them then, though. And even then... Like, I'm going to give you one of their records. Mm-hmm. And they're not that kind of punk rock. They're not okay. really too punk rock at all. Okay. Um, They're much more Irish. Okay, got it. Understood. Not, Understood. not walking drunk. on, get not walking on cars, but they're drunk. One hundred percent. Shane McGowan, his vocal style is singular. All right, so my, I'll say it's my final pick because I'm not taking a live album. I'm not taking a live record, and I'm not gonna do a weird thing. I was gonna take summary. That yeah, I was gonna take summary because it has the the known good songs like they're all good but the the bigger songs that are like catchier or whatever their compilation what? or whatever doesn't matter i was gonna say you could take it because it's got other songs that aren't on any of these other records i know and some of those songs are so interesting because they sound Fantastic. nothing like what the other fucking shit they play but no i am gonna stay true to their discography their their okay. studio records and i'm gonna take ninth and walnut i guess i guess i'll take it <laughs> i guess i'll add it on this record somehow has 75 songs and is only 12 minutes long. <laughs> this is, uh, it, it's a special one because this is the original lineup recorded this record. Okay. Together again. So this is like some of these songs are uh, written back in the seventies. They just never put them. They never put them to wax. They never recorded them. Uh, but they got Tony and Frank and Milo and Bill. I think Bill, Tony, and Frank recorded all the instrumental, and then Milo came in and did the vocals on all the songs afterwards. Okay. Yeah. I um, That checks out. This one's all over the place for me, and not exactly in a positive way, but again, they're still okay songs, so it's not a negative way. But mm-hmm. I, I, what you said makes sense because I said if if you would have told me this was a B sides compilation, I would have I would have believed it. 
Like I'd have been like, oh yeah, yeah sure, right. it's definitely yeah. B sides, because it there's nothing wrong with any individual song, but it doesn't feel cohesive, and that's probably why because they were seventy yeah. songs that, that yeah they fucking put out. You know, they were, a couple years they recorded ago. in like two thousand. Yeah, they recorded in like two thousand seven mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, and it just it just didn't do anything for me. Like it, yeah. I, it was it was actually a little bit of I was like, oh man, they. It really did that. Huh? 75 songs, 12 minutes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I will say it was a disappointment to me when it came out. Okay. Because I I didn't really know the background of it so much. Like I saw the cover. So if you saw their their first EP, uh, I think it was Ride the Wild or their first seven inch. The cover is caricatures of Bill, Tony, and Frank that are on that garage door on Ninth and Walnut. Okay. It's on that on the cover of that seven inch. So those exact okay. pictures, and then you throw okay. Milo on the garage door of Ninth and Walnut. That's what makes up that cover. Uh, but some of the songs from that seven inch are re-recorded for Ninth and Walnut. Okay, that might be why I had a bit of a disconnect there because that's that sound and vibe I didn't care about. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the surf punk vibe mm. from back in the seventies that they started off with. That's where it came from. Okay. Uh, when I first heard it was announced that it was coming out, I, like I said, I didn't know any of the background, so I didn't know what to expect. And I thought we were getting something more like hypercafium spasinate. Yeah. And we definitely got something earlier than Milo goes to college. Absolutely. But historically for me, I, I think it's fantastic. Like I'm glad they put it out. I'm really glad that they got uh, Frank and Tony back to do something more. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I guess I like it for that historical purpose more than I enjoy it for the songs themselves. That's fair. I, yeah. I, I don't have as much, I don't have enough invested in the band, I think to care about that. Right. Yeah. All right, Scott, I guess I'll sit back and let you talk about their compilation records, their live records, whatever else you want to talk about. God. I'm just going <laughs> to pick live Like okay. I, I'm picking a fifth pick. I'm picking live Uh One of the first live records I ever picked up because it had, a lot of the hit songs from the early records that I really, really loved. And I never, I've never been a live records guy, mm-hmm. but the, the two descendants live records, one live age is like the hits. Mm-hmm. And then Hall Raker live, which is their other live record is like their album cuts done okay. live, which I think is really cool because most bands, when you do, live records they kind of sound the same just mm-hmm. the later on in their career that they are you have hits off the new rec- newer records yeah. whereas the descendants with with their two live records you get silly girl and i don't want to grow up and wendy and get the time and sour grapes and van and hope and clean sheets on liveage when you go to Hallraker Live, you get things like Hurt and Crew and Kabuki Girl and Pep Talk, which I think is severely underrated. Jealous of the World is on there. Christmas Vacation, I Like Food, Cheer, Good Good Things. I, I think it's I think they're both really great live records that just have two different feelings to them. But I think it's really cool that they put them out that way because they could have just done Liveage two, mm-hmm. you know, a couple years later and put out the hits on another live record absolutely i it's it's easy to like live records when you love the band that much like there's bands that i love that i won't i I won't listen to live records but if i love the band like oh live record yeah i'll check that shit out absolutely 
Yeah. Especially if you've seen them. Like if you've seen them live, it's a little different. Yeah. Well, and I was listening to these, like I said, I didn't see them until 2017. So the only, the only live experience I had with them were these. And then uh, I got a bootleg live record called Fartathon. You can keep it. You can keep it. That that's the only experience I had with them live until I actually saw them live with my friend Andy. Uh, we went okay. and saw them. Oh, and the Suicide Machines opened up for them. Oh, you were in heaven, dude! It was and that that was the lineup, and then they had an opening band. It was another band that was really really good. It was like uh, three brothers, and uh, they they somewhat sounded like uh the the, the vocalist sounded kind of like Glenn Danzig uh oh, that's that's wild uh but there were three african american teenagers and uh we met them after the we met them after the show bought the record and had them sign it and everything it was super cool good shit i i can't remember the name of the fucking band now i'm bummed well to recap the draft here scott you had the first pick i did you chose Everything Sucks, Milo Goes to College, Cold to Be You, I Don't Want to Grow Up, and Liveage. Man. And I pick. I took Hypercafium, Spazinate, All, Enjoy, and regrettably, Ninth and Walnut. <laughs> I'll give you summary just as a as a booby prize. Sure, Scott. Sure, I'll take the booby prize. Sure. I, I, summary is great. No, there were when I when I would put Descendants on Shuffle and a song would pop up and I'd be like, this doesn't sound anything at all like them. What re- what record was this on? And I would look at it be summary and it'd be one of those unreleased tracks. I'd be like, this is fucking yeah. good. I, I love it, like I like food. Mm-hmm. I think that's off there. I think Wiener Schnitzel's off there. But there's a there's a ton of great songs on summary that weren't put on proper LPs. Agreed. I'll agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great it's a great comp. Well, Scott, Descendants wasn't all you were listening to. Pretty close, though. No. What's, what's your close. record of the week? Uh, my record of the week, as I said earlier, uh, is kind of an offshoot into the Descendants universe. My pick of the week is the self-titled record from The Lemonheads, which is Evan Dando, who is an original member of The Lemonheads, uh, got together with Bill Stevenson and Carl Alvarez, uh, half of the descendants and put out this self-titled record um, on vagrant and okay. it's fantastic. And it has one of the most heartbreaking songs on it called Steven's dad, uh, right. which is about Bill's dad dying. And it's, it's wild that it was put on there. Uh, the oh, fact Steven's that- son, Steven's dad. I get it. Yeah. Get yeah. It. Steven, Steve's boy. It's called Steve's boy. My bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Steve's boy. It's a great, great record. It definitely um, has some Descendants feel to it. Of course, you know, the percussion side of the Descendants being half of this band uh, for Mm -hmm. this release. It's just, there's really great songs. Evan uh, wrote some great tracks. Have you ever listened to a Lemonheads record? I'm familiar with the name, but I don't know if I have. The Lemonheads have had an insane amount of members. Uh, throughout their career, it's like they changed players every record almost. But okay. uh, if if you haven't, I might bring you this record at a different date, like okay. after after Scott Uary, because I th- I think it's really really good, and there's there's a lot of cool sounds coming from it. 
but yeah, I think it's fantastic. My record of the week, and I'm kind of just pushing it in here because it came out uh, later than when we would have released our end of the year thing. It came out late last year. It is the Big Crit EP, regardless, it's still timeless. Uh, It's only four tracks. It's only 10 minutes, but holy shit, is he fucking destroying on this thing. He's rapping his ass off. Big Crit. I I haven't been disappointed by anything he's done yet. Mm. Uh, Big, big fan of Big Crit. And regardless, it's still timeless is a great little teaser. I'm hoping it's an an album's coming, but if not, if not, good couple, good couple tracks on there. Fan of it. Yeah. You had me listen to it, and I was like, man, this first track sounds like Andre 3000. <laughs> Which is why I wanted you to listen to it, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was super good. Super good. I really enjoyed it. I I wished it was longer. Yeah, like, four absolutely. tracks wasn't enough. Yeah. No. Yeah, so, Scott, yeah. it's scott you So, it what, what what am I listening to next week? Because you're, you're giving me a record, right? Yep, I am. Uh, yeah, so let's continue down scott you road. Let's do it. Uh, it's one I've talked about previously to you i'm pretty sure another foundational stone of who scott is as a person i'm giving you the record making friends by no use for a name okay and i'm familiar with the name again don't think i've ever listened so you you'll have heard some no use for a name songs off of comps uh fat records comps i don't know that any of the songs off of this record will have been on any of those comps all right Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, oh, it's short. It's a short record. Yeah. Like I said, this is this is peak teenage years, Scott. You're getting okay. All right. Well, make sure you get some notes because that's a short uh, record to talk about, Scott. Yeah. All right, Scott. So no use for a name. Making friends next week. Yeah. So we're we're continuing through the village of Scott Uary. <laughs> um, other than that, you got anything else before we wrap this up? To send us drafts in the bag, Scott. I'm so stoked. I'm glad you had picks. I'm glad you had things that 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 caught you. I'm really glad that Everything Sucks would have been your first pick too. Yeah. Just because I think that record is a masterpiece. It's great. Thank you for being willing to do this draft. You did occasion strain. It only yeah. took three episodes to get you into wanting to do that. So <laughs> I kind of forced your hand on it. No, I'm, I'm just glad that that you didn't mind doing it. No, we're good. I, and again, though at worst, they're still good, easy listening punk tracks. It doesn't, it's yeah. not hard for me. And now if we do an Elliot Smith fucking draft, that's a whole nother ball. Game. No, there, there's not enough there to do, but we, maybe we could do an Elliot Smith universe. I don't know. Cause then we have, Scott. we have all the heat miser records we could do too. Which I've also never listened to. And you said you're going to bring me one of those. I am eventually. We'll see what happens. Stay yeah, tuned. We'll see. <laughs> We're not doing um, an Elliot Smith draft, I promise. Scott, I couldn't, I couldn't take that kind of rejection. Uh, yeah, it'd be rough. It would, uh, it'd be a rough week for your boy. Yeah, um, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at AOL Pod. Follow us on Instagram at AOL Pod. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Send us an email at areyoulisteningpod at gmail dot com. Thank you for listening, listeners. Yeah, always. Uh, listen to something new. Listen to something you love. Homework. Scott, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Love you, too. Mm, Are you listening? Are you listening? Why do all drummers named Bill have brain issues?
I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified. Love me a good old fart and poop joke. No, you're big. You're you're a big poop guy, Scott. You're a big poop guy. <laughs>